Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always a pleasure to have this man back. Former mobster, current pastor. He's a great author. He's also got a YouTube channel about to hit seven figures or six figures, seven figures. It's uh, Michael Franzese. Michael, how are you? Good to see you. I'm good, Joe. How are you? How's the new year treating you so far? So far, so good. I've had some really great interviews, but this is the one I've been looking forward to all week, and you know that. Um, it is seven figures almost on YouTube, youtube.com slash Michael Franzese, and it's F-R-A-N-Z-E-S-E. Um, some say Franchese, some say Franchese. It's Franzese is how we're pronouncing it. You should see what they do with Pagliarulo, um, yeah. to be honest with you. Uh, Michael, uh, almost a million followers on YouTube, and I noticed that you're expanding away from just the mob stories. The mob stories certainly grabbed uh, that initial audience but there is so much insight that you give on everyday stuff that i think it's really resonating with people are you finding that it is joe you know and i want to believe i have more to offer than just tell stories about my former life and i will as they come up but you know you know what it is joe we all you know it's based upon our background it's our perspective from how we grew up and the things that we were involved in that we see things and, you know, my perspective is, is unique in some ways from others because of the lifestyle that I led and that I grew up in. And I like to uh, share that with uh, a- anybody that I could. And I think people are really appreciating in that. And it's the messages that I get, the comments that motivate me to do just that. So uh, we're having a good time with it. What's interesting is when I saw you first go into the political fray a little bit, and you haven't gone full-throated yet, but you but you are getting more political now. You are talking about left versus right, Democrat, Republican, and I think that's appropriate, but at first people rejected it. I saw some people sort of hit back, but then as they watched the context in which you were putting it, more and more people, doesn't matter which side they're on, are going, you know what, Michael, that makes sense. Are you seeing them sort of turn around? Because again, you, they thought your niche was only mob stuff. You and I know each other a long time. I know you're way deep deeper than that. Um, are you finding that they're starting to, to go, I can appreciate an outside perspective from somebody who led a different life than I do, but is seeing what's going on in America through those eyes? Yeah, there's no question, Joe. And that's what's motivating me to do more. And honestly, after I wrote the book, Mafia Democracy, uh, that became a bestseller, we had so many comments that were, uh, you could almost, uh, were almost scripted where people were saying, Michael, Now we get it. Now we see it. Now we understand what's going on. We believed it. We thought something was going on, but you made it so clear, you know, for us. So that's motivated me to to give my perspective even more. You know, Joe, it's not about Democratic, Republican. And I tell people all the time, the things that I'm speaking about, it's not politics. It's issues, issues that affect our daily lives. 
And of course they become political because we have a, a system here. But these are issues that are very important to us. And all I ever stress is hold these people that we put our trust in accountable. That's it. And it's also right versus wrong. It's certainly not left versus right or red versus blue. There are right things. There are wrong things. And I think that you call out both sides pretty evenly in the book. But you also show that that you are legitimately a Christian, more of a conservative guy. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're speaking truth to power and you're going right versus wrong. It's Michael Franzese. I My audience, as you know, is five to six million listeners. I want us to push you over a million followers on YouTube. So go to youtube.com slash Michael Franzese and please do that and get that book, um, uh, Mafia Democracy, which is amazing. You and I have talked a lot about the negotiation you've done in your life. You negotiated and beat John Gotti. You negotiated deals for the mob that were worth billions of dollars. You were doing millions upon millions of dollars a week in business just through quiet, calm, smart, intelligent negotiation. I've learned from you. When I interviewed you and Rudy Giuliani, and that's the first time you two spoke in almost half a century, I, I took a bath in the comments on your YouTube page because I interrupted a lot. And I interrupt a lot because I'm an inquisitive guy, and I always want to get the answer to the why, and I wanted to direct the conversation. But I learned a lot from that, and in our private conversations, how to just shut up and listen sometimes. This week, you'll be proud of me. I interviewed uh, General Michael Flynn yesterday, and in 47 minutes, I said like seven words. <laughs> I interviewed uh, Graham Hancock the other day, the guy who did Ancient uh, Apocalypse on Netflix, and I said maybe four words in about 30 minutes. And the interviews were really, really good because I shut up and listened. Now that I've spoken this much... I want to talk about why I went there. What negotiations do you think are happening right now in the House of Representatives? Kevin McCarthy doesn't have the votes yet as we speak. He probably will get them. He's gaining some with every vote. But how would you handle that negotiation? That's a big power move, that power position, and he doesn't have the votes yet. What would you do? Well, you know what, Joe? I was, um, I was very disappointed. Still am. But I, I've learned something this morning. Unfortunately, I can't reveal it, you know, um, totally. Okay. But somebody very close to me that had run for office uh, this past um, election period uh, told me something that basically he was sold out, sold out. And this is a good person, would have been a great candidate, would have been a great, you know, person in Congress. And he was basically sold out. And the reason I'm saying this is there's so many backdoor deals that go on that we're unaware of where they're even selling out one another, you know, to get position and to get votes and to get so on and so forth. This is the problem. And I think I think with um, uh, the, the current guy, I, I think there's a trust issue there. And Kevin he's McCarthy, right. To get over the hump. Yeah, with McCarthy, there's a trust issue there. And he's not able to get over the hump. And obviously his negotiation skills are lacking in some regard. It's, it's either that's the problem or the problem is the people that he's making deals with I'm not trusting that he's going to deliver. And that's a real issue. I mean, I think they're going to come on board eventually. They better, you know, for the sake of the American people, because they made a lot of promises as a party, you know, to get into the, the important issues that we need answers to. And we need a lot straightened out in this country. And they better get to work because, uh, you know, that's what's more important. And unfortunately, again, they put their own agenda above everybody else's. And this is what we're seeing all the time. You know, the, the sad thing is they've had months and months and months to work this out. So there's some poor negotiating skills at, at large right here. If they couldn't do it by this time and they had to make a public display over it, something's really lacking, really. Uh, Michael, great insight. I want to refer back to the John Gotti negotiation where you got what you wanted by making him tell you 
that he wanted what it what it was you wanted uh, in the deal. And without getting into the into the details, and they can go and and watch your channel, youtubecom slash Franzese, or watch one of my uh, my interviews with you where we got into detail with that. But going into a negotiation where you know there's going to be some hard hitting going on, you know there's going to be a lot of ego going on, a lot of arrogance going on. How do you gain the proper knowledge in any life negotiation, much less a mob negotiation? How do you gain enough knowledge to know a you're going to walk away and get at least much of what you wanted? And B, you'll walk away holding, uh, making sure the other person respects your position. How do you do that? Well, you know, it's mainly knowing the person that you're dealing with okay. and knowing the, the circumstances involved. You know, with John Gotti, just to get back to it, I mean, John was a guy that could never, ever, ever, okay, be perceived as losing an argument. Never. He always had to come out on top. So you had to figure out a way to get what you wanted to get, even if you were settling in some way. Let everybody and himself believe that he was the winner, but you got eventually what you wanted. And there, there is a skill to that. And there is a, you know, you got to show some humility, which a lot of people are afraid to do. And there's nothing wrong with that if you're gaining an advantage in an argument uh, or in a negotiation. And I, I really have to say that, you know, there's 20 people involved in this. It seems like not one of them are able to get past what McCarthy uh, wants to give them. Uh, so the negotiation breakdown is really on both sides. You can't, you know, you can't give it to any one of them. It's on both sides. And the party as a whole, nobody can step up there and has the uh, the respect, I would say, of everybody to say, hey, this is what's going to happen. You people are going to get this. McCarthy, you're going to get this. And we got to get this done for the American people because it's a very, very poor display that's going on right now. It's embarrassing, in my opinion. In your career in the life, and it's Michael Franzese, go to michaelfranzese.com, sign up for his crew, franziswine.com, go there, great wine, or, or uh, go to his YouTube channel, youtube.com slash michaelfranzese, go and ingest everything this man does, it, it, he's an amazing guy who has been through, I mean, I would assume, Michael, you feel like you're living two separate lives, although being able to refer to, to the past life is a very positive thing in making better decisions today. Have you ever, when you were in the mob, did you ever make a negotiation and a deal with somebody you knew you couldn't trust? Did you ever walk away from the table feeling like you got what you expected, um, but you knew that you still couldn't trust the person? And this does go to Kevin McCarthy. Those 20 don't trust him. They don't. They feel like they, he's lied to them in the back in the back office deals. They feel like he said one thing here, came out on pub, uh, in front of a camera, and said something completely different. They just don't trust him. Did you ever make a deal like that where you knew you couldn't trust the guy, but you had to make the deal? Well, you know, fortunately, Joe, in that life, once a deal was struck, it had to be kept, you yeah. know, and and you were able to put everybody in a position to know that so that once the deal was done and, and we shook hands on it, uh, the person you made the deal with, as well as myself, we had to keep our end. There was no way around that. So, you know, that's one safeguard we had in that life. And especially when you you know, had position like I did. I mean, I was a copo when I made these these high end deals. You know, people had to respect that. So, um, you know, that was fortunate back then. But, you know, if I believed I couldn't trust somebody, then I wanted to end the deal at that moment. Right. Just end it right. and be, be rid of it and, and not have to deal with it. And obviously in Congress, you can't do that. You're going to be with the guy every day. But uh, listen, uh, again, I'm not in the back door. I don't know what the negotiation is, but it's unfortunate that nobody's been able to really stand up and make this thing happen in the amount of time that it should have happened. And uh, again, for the American people, for all of us, I just hope they get this done quickly. Well, I think in the, in the mob, you and I know that the uh, if you were not trustworthy and you didn't hold up your end of the deal, you could be paying the ultimate price. You can't do that in Congress, but there is this one or five member, you know, vacate 
position that they've taken, which basically means it only takes five people in the Congress to say, we don't want you to be the speaker anymore. And then they vote to get rid of him. So I think that that might be sort of similar, although he doesn't obviously pay the ultimate price. Hopefully they're going to make a deal, get something done, because the Republicans holding the Democrats in check is really what America wants when the Democrats had all of it. Obviously, we saw what the economy looked like. We see the decisions on the border and so on. Uh, You've gotten into on your podcast recently, and go to youtube.com slash Franzese conversations with people like Jordan Peterson, where you're talking about the role of men uh, in, in, in life. Men have been emasculated. Men have been attacked. We've been called toxic masculinity for some reason. Um, in, in some sort of an effort, I guess, to, to lessen our position in our families and our communities. I'm not really sure why they're doing it, Michael, other than central government wants more control, and you do that by taking power away from men. What do you say to the men and boys that are watching and listening right now that are hearing this garbage about the feminization of, of men and boys and why they should resist it? Well, you know, just as an example of that, you know, Andrew Tate has been so, you know, widely in the news lately. Andrew and I have had conversation uh, about this very topic. And, you know, he has a platform called The War Room that he's got 143,000 men in at this point. And his his now I don't want to be in, in defensive of, you know, he's got a case going on. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen there. I'm not talking about that. But it just goes to show you when somebody is out there saying we want to teach men how to be men. OK, that men are listening. And I've been doing the same thing for a long time, you know, and I try to, you know, Joe, I think the problem with Andrew's message was that women were very offended by what he said. And some of the things that he said were, I understand how they were offensive. But what I try to tell women, if we're teaching men how to be men, women are going to benefit by it. They're going to be better husbands, better boyfriends, better fathers, better supporters, better people in lives. And they're going to do the right thing with women. And that's what we stress. And I have a big following in that regard. You know, I have a lot of young men that I mentor uh, to, and we're going to continue that platform. But, you know, it's a shame. People like Jordan Peterson, who I've sat with, had dinner with, you know, just a wonderful man, so bright and intelligent, is preaching manhood and people are coming after him. You ask why? I think you've got it. It's all about power and control. If you can... If you can emasculate men, you can exert more power over them. And unfortunately, in this government, uh, that's all I see is a, a lust for power and control. Uh, Michael, when, when I, I saw recently, you, you mentioned something about the southern border. What would the, let's say the mafia or the mob, the Cosa Nostra, ran the border towns. And they ran the border towns. And I know that you guys protected regular citizens. Many people don't know that. You guys weren't out to kill the next door neighbor. You guys were out to make deals and, and to do, yes, illegal stuff that you shouldn't have been doing. But in general, you made sure the neighborhood was a safe one for the residents. You've got people in Laredo, Texas, Del Rio, El Paso, uh, uh, Brownsville, McAllen, who are just being inundated with drugs and human trafficking, and sex trafficking, and and even worse, gun smuggling, 40,000 murders on the other side of the border. Um, What would you do? What would the Cosa Nostra do to shore up that border? Because the government's not going to do it. The government wants this for some reason. How would you make those communities safer? How would you dissuade the bad guys from doing what they're doing? You know, Joe, back in the day, um, we would tell the local police, you don't have to worry about policing our neighborhood. We're going to make sure it's safe. We're going right. to make sure nobody bothers anybody. And the word was out. You didn't in Bensonhurst, in Greenpoint, in Williamsburg, you know, in Bay Ridge. You know, you didn't have that kind of crime, not in our neighborhoods, because we made sure nobody did it. And if there was any crime going on, it was us and it was among ourselves. It wasn't with the people that we protected and, and loved in the community. You know, look, what's going on at the southern border is is... 
I think it's the biggest problem we have in this country because of the fentanyl coming over, because of the uh, the amount of human trafficking. You know, I, in speaking to Border Patrol agents, they told me, Michael, most of the young people that we ca that we admit or, or that are coming across the border are not coming with their parents. They're coming alone. This is human trafficking wow. at the highest level. These this was said to me by Border Patrol agents from the state of Texas. Absolute fact. They have no reason to lie to me. They say we can't control it. There's no way that we can control what's going on there. So human trafficking is coming in in hordes. It's being done. Fentanyl. You know, our president made a mistake yesterday. He said, I, I don't know what he said, 20,000 pounds of, of fentanyl could kill 1,000 people. Of course he was wrong. Yeah. 20,000 pounds of fentanyl can kill half the world, you know, population. That's what they've, that's what they've um, confiscated so far. They have no idea what's coming over here. But we see the statistics. We see the amount of people, you know, that are dying over this. So what would we do? Uh, you know, look, we have an extensive border. We don't have enough guys, you know, to, uh, yeah. to to handle all of that. But I can tell you this, we would take matters into our own hands. I'm sorry if that offends people, but we would not allow these people to come. I mean, there's people, Joe, that are afraid to walk out of their house at night. Right. We've seen them on television. Is this how Americans have to live? And, and Michael, to today, Mayorkas, the DHS secretary, just today, looked at a camera and he said, Title 42 or not, the border is not open. Well, the problem is the CNN, the MSNBC, they're not showing these people coming over the border. If you don't go to Fox News, you're not going to see it. Right. You know, that's the problem. So when Mallorca gets up there and boldly lies and, and Biden and Harris and they all lie, well, more, normal people aren't seeing anything different. So they figure, hey, we put these people in office. We trust them. They're lying. They lie, Joe, every single day. It's It's disgusting to me. So, you know, we have to try to get the word out. But but aside from that, it's these poor people in these border towns. But now, at least cities like New York and L.A., they're getting overburdened now with immigrants because they're being sent there. Now they're starting to put pressure. That's the only reason Biden went to the border, yeah. because his own people are now starting to turn on him. But you know what? I don't see an end in sight. I don't think he has any solution. I don't think he wants to come up with a solution. Now he's blaming Congress when we know that he opened up the gates. It was all Biden, everything. It was all him. So... Joe, we got a tough battle ahead of us. That's we all do. I know. Go and get this book, Mafia Democracy. Go and get his wine, FranziseWine.com. Go to MichaelFranzise.com. And let's push him over a million followers, over, subscribers over on YouTube. Doesn't cost you anything. YouTube.com slash MichaelFranzise. God bless you, Michael. Happy New Year to you and your beautiful wife and family. And let's do this a lot this year, okay? Oh, Joe, always a pleasure. Anytime you want me, I'm here. You know that, brother. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you more than you know. We're back after this. Stay right here. You're listening to Joe Pags. I appreciate you hanging out. We appreciate Michael Franzis. Time for a quick hit on some pop culture. Pop. Dirty pop. Tap it polo. So did you see this list that Rolling Stone magazine put out for the 200 greatest singers list? No. Well, apparently they left off Celine Dion and her her fans were pretty upset about that. And they went and they're protesting outside of uh, Rolling Stone. <laughs> of course, she's one of the greatest singers ever. She's not the top 200, according to them. Yeah. Not. All right, man. Appreciate you, Polo. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Carrie. I'm Joe. We'll see you back Monday. Same time, same place. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show. <laughs>